Cairo Nights, everybody. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We've been hearing a... Oh, this is great. Who is this? This is a band called Sugar. It was Bob Mould's band post-Husker Du. Okay. That's a great tune. Yeah. If I can't change your mind off their album, Copper Blue. Band's called Sugar? That is correct. Thank you, my friend. So we've heard so many stories recently about the cuts to uh, the layoffs, the downsizing of tech, whether it's Microsoft or Amazon. So many companies have laid off so many people. As tech overextended themselves during the pandemic when we had the ability to work remotely and tech companies could bring on massive amounts of people, money was free from the government. So expansion, investing in your company was zero risk. Most of it was PPP loans that didn't forgive anyway. And they hired so many people. And so many people now are getting let go. In Seattle, everywhere. Twitter, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, you name it. They're letting people go. They're cutting back. There's an article from the BBC. And it's uh, workers laid off for the first time. And what they're going through and how it feels to be laid off for the first time, how jarring it can be. And we can all remember, I, th- I think, I hope we, uh-huh. maybe some of you have never been fired. Personally, I can't even fathom <laughs> the idea of not ever having ever been fired from a job. When you're, when you're let go from any job, whether it's, you know, a job at a restaurant, a job, you know, washing dishes, whatever. When you get fired, it sucks. It is, it is, jarring's the best word. Jarring's a great word. Matt, have you, have you ever been asked to, to hit the bricks? I have uh, in my illustrious radio career several times, but it was always this thing where <laughs> several times. you were just asked on Sunday evening to not come in Monday. It was never something that I really anticipated. Now, was if I may ask, if I may, if I may pry, you may pry. Was there a company wide thing going that a lot of people get let go, or was it something you had done or not done that earned you the right to not come in tomorrow? It was neither. It was just a very small operation with a very personal vendetta by one manager that ended my being let go because oh. he he just preferred not to have me around, and I think it was one of these situations of um, feeling inadequate. And I, I mean, it sounds like bragging to say this, but in this instance, I truly believe this individual wanted me out of the building because I outshined him in accomplishing certain things. You ever see The Lion King? You ever read Hamlet? Absolutely. Yeah, you're not wrong. You know, the inferior beast will try to take out the young challenger. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong at all, my friend. And I have no problem believing you worked for a guy with zero skills and saw you and your passion for what you do and go, oh, no, this one's got to go. Well, he made his money in tech but fancied himself a radio station manager. Oh, well, yeah. So his yeah. uh, skill set didn't really transfer very well. You got musked. <laughs> you got elon Yes. <laughs> Apt comparison. I can yes, totally yes. see this guy being an Elon fanboy. Um, you know... The first time I ever got fired from a job, and it's it's happened far too often in my life. Sometimes my fault, sometimes not. 
First time I got fired was for the stupidest reason. I was uh, I was tending bar, so I mean it was it was into my third or fourth job, you know, because I had summer seasonal jobs when I was when I go to work at the beach in Maryland where I was born, Ocean City, Maryland. It's about three hours east of the city of Baltimore where I was born and raised. We would spend summers at the beach having beach jobs, and you really didn't have to worry about losing a beach job because the summer. And of summer came, and you, you you lost your job because of seasonal fire. You know, seasonal and came to came to close. I was tending bar to, at a place and doing really. I mean, I had a blast. I was a good. I'm a good bartender. I'm still a good bartender to this day. I'm convinced. Maybe as nimble as I was in my twenties, but I'm still a good bartender. And I I made myself a milkshake during a slow portion of an afternoon. I worked on a beach bar, okay, on on the boardwalk of an East Coast ocean town. Think Atlantic City. You know, think Wildwood, New Jersey. I was in Ocean City, Maryland, family resort, family beach town. And I attended bar at a place that was right on the boardwalk. You know, the carny rides, the, the various uh, gift shops, T-shirt shops, uh, beach sundries shops, restaurants, bars. I'm attending bar at this place, and it's a slow, sunny afternoon. On the beach, in the bars, when it's nice out, people people don't come in. Maybe a couple of people sitting at the bar, maybe come in for lunch, get a little bit of a lunch rush. But in the afternoon, everybody's on the beach, right? And I'm sitting there, and there's there's really nobody at the bar. One or two people, they're fine. They're nobody's being ignored. We had frozen drinks. I made myself a milkshake. And the I don't know what the what the got up the owner's butt that day, but he he had something going on. He was in a horrible mood and, you know, I'm sitting behind the bar and just talking to a, one of the waitresses who had a, you know, slow, nobody in her section, slow day. And I guess we probably should have been cleaning things. I miss what you do when you're idle. You know, you, you t- spend that time because you're being paid. That's, that's fair. It's being paid. I'm sitting there sh- chatting up a waitress and drinking a milk, sucking down a milkshake through a straw. What is that? That's, you know. I mean, milkshake. It's a good way to spend an afternoon, sir. Yes, it is, sir. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm plying my craft upon this young fair maiden here and see it. I'm working on my game, boss. I'm practicing. And he just lost his, he popped his cork and literally, and, and then the milkshake's in one of those metal tumblers that you mix in, you know. He just slammed it with his fist, sent it flying across the room, splattered against the wall. Get your, blah, 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 grab your, blah, blah, blah. And I was done. I'm like, okay. That doesn't seem, you know, seem too. Uh, reasonable, but okay. Seemed Fair. like a disproportionate reaction. Yeah, you know, I was I was stealing his product. Basically, I was make I was using his materials to make a milkshake for me, and it didn't didn't pay for it. Whatever, I was stealing. I was let go. I wasn't let go because I was stealing. I was let go because he was having a bad day, and I was goofing off. Did you have to clean up the milkshake? Hell first? no. I mean, he probably would have appreciated if I did, but I okay. See you, Ed. You know, let me grab my wallet and the tips I've already earned this afternoon from behind the bar, and you find somebody else to cover your afternoon shift. You have a great day. Anywho. That one didn't sting, you know. For me, the one that stung was being let go from the last radio job I had before this one because my company had been – or my station had been bought by a different company and the company was buried in debt and they made a move nationwide. And this happens to most everybody in this industry at one time or another. 
Well, to be fair, you have to keep the chairman's jet flying high. You do. And pay for that expensive uh, wall fountain in the headquarters. <laughs> you know, trips to Davos don't pay for themselves, my friend. Um, yeah, a company made a nationwide uh, uh, cut from coast to coast. And, and in fact, Nate Connors was my partner on air. And one day we, we had just gotten the ratings and they were fantastic. You know, we had climbed from number 12 to number two in the market in the last six months. We really were finding our groove. Audience was coming around, doing just great. And I get, you know, before my shift's about to begin, boss comes in, hey, man, I need to talk to you. Come on in for a minute. I'm like, okay, what do you got? You know, we got a new contest coming up. Is there a show coming to town? We need to promote. What do you want to do? You know. And I sit down in his office and there's another person in there with him. And I'm like, this. What did I say? What did I do? Did I did I say something yesterday? Did I make a joke about something? Did I? I'm trying to think back of what I said yesterday that I could be in trouble for. And uh, well, you know. Anyway, long story short, they were making a, they were making a change based on uh, bottom line, based on salary. So your moral in this story and all of this is that given these signs of our continued success and our improved chemistry, we're about to be fired any day now? I was about to tell you not to buy any green bananas. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty much. No, I'm just, I was talking about the sting of being let go. And the first time someone is fired from a job, you know, because it does get easier. I think as it happens to folks repeatedly, you know, and, and through whether it's through no fault of your own or. Through personal, you know, negligence, whatever. It's never easy to be let go when you're blindsided, you know, through through a corporate decision beyond your control, despite your competence and success. That's when it really cuts legs out from under you. And that's what happened to me in the last time, last time I got fired. It was unexpected, undeserved and gut wrenching. So. I guess what I'm trying to say is to you folks out there who are listening to this, who were let go from your position at Facebook or Twitter or Google or Microsoft or Amazon, uh, probably through no fault of your own, it gets better. You know, I, I, I don't know. We talked a little bit before about what to do when you've been let go. We had a thing last week, I believe we talked about how to assess your skill sets. Yeah, Mickey Gomez's piece on My right, Northwest. Right, What to do when you're fired. You know, how, how to evaluate where you are in your career, how to view things as a reset, how to reposition yourself in a new marketplace, how to find the value of your skill sets, how to supplement what you do and what jobs, what, what skills you bring to a job, how to... Uh, embellish your resume and maybe even get elected to Congress. It's funny. I've had folks help me rewrite my resume on numerous occasions during the, during the year and a half I was unemployed before I landed this gig. Actually, and were you secretly a Brazilian drag queen? Oh no, that was the top. It wasn't secret. That was the top of my resume. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, affluent in a multicultural, multi-gender performance skills. That's how you phrase that one up. You know, it's it's how you tell the story of you. I guess, I guess the reason to bring this up is because a lot of folks are going through it right now. A lot of folks have been laid off. Some for the first time. Some, you know, not for the first time in their career. And it it can be just as difficult as I kind of confessed to you guys here. 
Wasn't the first job I'd ever lost, but it was the one that hurt the most. When you don't deserve it, at least in your heart, you know? So you, you keep a positive attitude and you start swinging for the fences. You apply for everything in sight. You get a modern, and, and these days, what makes a good resume? What makes a good interview? How do you apply for jobs? What job should you apply for? These are all information that everybody needs if you're looking for a gig. You know, uh, you should, <laughs> what do I do now? Is one of the questions from this article from the BBC in their work-life section. What do I do now? Well, first you drink. That's not in here, but I highly recommend that for at least a day. It says, for anyone, being laid off is difficult, but for people earlier in their careers who have always been high achievers, it can be particularly hard because there's a feeling they've always been in control of their destiny, and they're the ones that people want. But as a result of being let go, you find out, you know, beyond your control, Things can go wrong. Maybe nothing nothing you did wrong. You have to understand a lot of times, too, it's, it's, it's not just what happened to Matt, that a guy didn't like you around because you were deemed a threat. Sometimes it's, just, it's when they let me go at the radio job. It wasn't personal. I mean, it was business to them. They were making a, a monetary decision. You know, eventually uh, I was I was working with Nate. Nate was let go too, and they brought in a guy making a third of what one of us used to make, let alone the two of us. It's a business decision. Taking it personally can really inhibit your ability to move forward. You know, you have to, again, assess your strengths, build yourself up, believe in yourself, rally your resources. Find the right ammunition to reenter the fight for your uh, your career or even a new career. Sometimes you have to be willing to just flush the whole thing. Everything you thought you wanted to do and thought you were good at. There's a there is a program, a formula for evaluating your skills and what you're good at. You may be skilled in areas and have value to employers that you didn't even understand or recognize. When I lost my radio job, I thought the only thing I had to do is talk at people. And the only place that works is on the radio. I was quickly shown by experts in in recruiting that the ability to tell a story, to convince people of your point of view, is extremely valuable outside of not just, not just broadcasting, in public relations and marketing. And there's a lot of different venues where these skill sets are applicable and valuable. And if you lost a job... If you're in tech, there's a there's a narrow window for where your skills are valuable. I get that. But you've got skills you probably didn't even realize. You've mastered abilities you probably didn't even realize had value to other employers in other fields. Seek professional guidance in what your skill sets are and where they're valuable. And more important than what you know in all situations, Matt, is what? It's not what you know. It's, it's who you know. That's right. It's who you know. Anybody that tell anybody that's looking for a job who asks will be told, who do you know? Who can you ask for an interview? Who can you ask to write you a letter of recommendation? Who can open a door for you? A lot of people have great skills but can't get the door open to show them. 
Find out who can open a door for you, and don't be hesitant to ask for the help. If you're a solid citizen with good skills, people are happy to help, happy to open a door for you, happy to provide you the opportunity. You know, our own Charlie Harger, news director here at Cairo, did that for me. Opened the door for me to our boss, Brian. Said, you ought to give this guy a couple minutes to talk to him, find out who he is and what he's all about. And it worked. And now we get to do this. I hope you guys are having a good day. And you didn't recently lose your job. If you did, text us. I'll find you help. I'll find your work. We have suffered for our art. Now it's your turn. <laughs> Amen. It's Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. We'll be right back. that but i'm not sure from where it is an artist by the name of matt mason along with uh this is the duet version with lana del rey okay a song called hallucinogenics that's fantastic it's an awesome song <sighs> matt butler's on the board and the uh and the music of the show always we appreciate that every single time uh but matt butler is more matt's got opinions that i value and respect and don't always agree with but often uh often do and always, always are welcome on the show. And the folks on the text line, you also are always welcome on the show. Somebody pointed out on the text line, Matt, that we we made a drag joke um, about my resume. And I know you were just being lighthearted and throwing that out there. And it wasn't. And the, the texter took issue with the fact that we only make fun of the drag community when it's a concern. We, I guess he brought in the George Santos element of. Of the drag conversation. Which was exactly the reference that I was making. And yeah. the reason that I was making the joke, explain how humor works, is because... <laughs> don't, be, don't be condescending, just to, to tell your tale. <laughs> well, point being, okay. it was funny because of the ludicrous string of completely absurd things that George Santos himself made up. Exactly. It's not about drag. It's not even about his political party. Right. It's that everything that he says, every lie, tends to be more outrageous. Hence the joke. There you go. I know. And and the texter and with, with and I'm, I don't, when I say with all due respect, I don't mean that as a dismissive statement. I really don't. You know how I feel about the drag community. You know how I feel about the trans community. You know how I feel about LGBTQ plus rights. I've said numerous times on this station, and I'm happy to do that as often as you need me to. I've got. <laughs> I've got firsthand family members trying to figure out who they are as individuals. And 
and I will defend to the death anyone's, not just a family member, anyone's right to be happy and comfortable in their own skin. And, you know, that's that's just how it's going to be. And if, you, if that troubles you, if you if you don't see that, I apologize for not making my position clearer. That's on me to be better illustrative of how I feel. I got all the feels about that. <laughs> so it has been so far, I hope, a helpful show, an entertaining show, a fun show. I asked you earlier about that uh, quote about, you know, getting to the finish line, about living a life. We were talking about the 48-year-old, or was it 48 or 42-year-old 42 multi-billionaire who's fighting desperately, spending $2 million a year to have the body of an 18-year-old. And I couldn't remember the quote that I was reaching for, and a texter helped. The quote was from Hunter S. Thompson. And it, in fact, it's one of the, the most quoted Hunter S. Thompson sayings of all time. And, and, I, and I think it speaks to all the things we, we talk about on a pretty regular basis. It actually speaks to, you know, the LGBTQ community and people who perform drag. Although it's more about enjoying life. And I guess that's, that's how I relate it to conversations of drag or pronoun choice or gender fluidity or whatever it might be, is to enjoy life. It's about the journey. And it's an Aerosmith quote, right? right? Life's a journey, not a destination. But it's Hunter S. Thompson who said, life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather a skid, but, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and not only proclaiming, wow, what a ride. That's how life should be lived. I fully believe that. It's amazing. We um, This week I've been actually honored to sit in the chair from 12 to 3 here at Cairo News Radio. And I fully understand the audience from 12 to 3. Believe me. I don't share the political ideology of the late Dory Monson. I wouldn't begin to pretend that I do. And I often say that I'm trying to be empathetic and more understanding of different points of view while I, on the same, same breath, at the other side of my mouth, will blast certain elements of political political views that I disagree with. You know, the, the former president being chief among them. Had a lot of time today. Uh, we, we spoke today about President Trump, former President Trump's return to social media. It was announced that Meta will be inviting the former president back on Facebook and Instagram, where he has literally, I think, 35 million Facebook followers, 20-some million Instagram followers. It's a tremendous audience. It's a tremendous portion of the electorate that follows the former president on these social media platforms. And I spoke illly of the former president, which I'm, I'm free to do. And some listeners really took it to heart that I was being uh, disrespectful to the audience. You might say they were triggered. <laughs> you might if you're being good. You're, you're quick. You're sharp. Holster that tongue there, Captain. Uh, you know, you might. Yeah, that, that folks did get pretty triggered by what I said. Absolutely. But uh, I, I am respectful of other points of view. I'm not respectful of of dangerous people who do dangerous things who are irresponsible. That's and that's how I, that's how I'll always view the former president. 
I, and I said I was glad that President Trump was being allowed back allowed allowed back onto social media platforms. He's had his Twitter account again for a couple months now, but has yet to tweet anything because he's still trying to make truth happen, truth social happen. And the point being this, we had, we were very well received by the audience for the last couple of days. I think Jack Stein and I got very complimentary texts coming in. People enjoyed the conversations, uh, enjoyed the opposing viewpoints that Jack and I, we have different ideologies. We disagree on many, many, many things. But when we mentioned the former president, the fangs came out from a lot of the audience, from a lot of the former Dory Monson audience, the 12 to 3 audience. Well, one I, thing I, I get think it. you and Jack have in common that I respect about both of you is that you you respect reasonable arguments from both sides. What you don't respect and don't tolerate is irrationality, violence, reactionary thinking. That's the difference. You can hear someone out from an opposing point of view if they have a well-reasoned reason for their position. But when it devolves into violence, rioting, you know, assaults on the Capitol and police officers, then sane people of any political stripe are going to go, nah, I'm out. You know, uh, that, you're, and you're right. A texter points out, and I, and I respect this, if you can respect the opinions of Trump supporters, you know, I, I respect your, your right to follow and believe and, and vote for whomever you like. I, we don't have to agree, but I respect that we have differences. And that's cool. You know, I, I will wear my heart on my sleeve and tell you what I really think. And I knew that I knew that when we took the opportunity and we'll be back tomorrow from 12 to three to to try again to just tell you how we feel about stuff and, and discuss the issues of the day. I've got a few points that might surprise a lot of people. And not just because, I mean, you think, you know, exactly how I feel about everything in the world. And that's that's never the case. I don't know how a lot of you folks feel about things. That's great. <laughs> it's uh, one of the, the frustrating things about being in the public eye and doing this for a living is that sometimes people lack nuance. They just want to assume or try to categorize you, figure out if you're in the R box, the D box, you know, where you are on the spectrum of politics or what have you, because they think that can tell you everything they need to know, tell them everything they need to know about you. Rather than actually getting to know a person, and most people, everyone, whether you're a liberal or conservative in your lean, you have things in your personal life or certain issues that affect you or connect with you where you are liberal or conservative. It is a spectrum. It really is. Uh, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll address this final text and, I, and I'll let it go. Uh, this particular listener, and I, you know... Accused me of having total disdain for Dory's audience, and that that couldn't be further from the case. We disagree on elements. That doesn't mean I have disdain for your points of view. Uh, but the listener says that he he didn't. He was put off by my take on Florida's ban on AP Black History, and 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 we can talk about that too. You know. Uh, it's, it's, we don't have time right now. It's, we're, we're about to go into commercial. That's that's another topic for another night. Anyway, I will say this. We'll be here tomorrow night. 
We'll be here next week. If you uh, hear things that you disagree with, then I appreciate your disagreement. I'd be happy to engage in a conversation. Bet any topic you want to. I don't belittle your points of view. I try not to. If I do, I apologize. I don't disdain. I don't have disdain for anybody. Life's too short, man. I will say this. There was no fraud in the last election. No no amount of fraud that impacted the outcome of the election. And that I'll, t- I'll, I'll die on that hill. And anybody who says otherwise and campaigns otherwise tries to overturn the uh, outcome of free and fair election based on those lies, that's, I, that I can't respect. We can have different views on priorities, policies, the whole nine. But I like to be, I like to deal in facts. It's Cairo Nights, Spike O'Neill, Matt Butler. I, I promised myself I wouldn't do this tonight, but I did it anyway. Couldn't help, couldn't help myself. Couldn't help myself. We're right back after these. The, I enjoy the, the back and forth with people I disagree with. I really do. I enjoy it. And uh, if I am ever dismissive or disrespectful to somebody who's got a different point of view than me, that's my flaw. That's my shortcoming. Uh, I need to work on that and be better at that. Two things I promised myself this New Year's Eve. I would exit the year with less stuff than I started, and I'm doing great on that, decluttering our home. It's a big project. We're getting through it. And I will be more open-minded and more respectful with people I disagree with. I will. And if, I, if I'm if i not, then that's me needing to do more work. And that's what I'll continue to do. I promise you that. We're not agreeing on everything, people, but you will get a you will get the audience from me and you'll get what I believe back. Through the textures tonight, you know, until we started talking about politics, things are going pretty smoothly tonight. And again, even if we don't agree on stuff, it's okay. Be civil. Keep the name calling to a uh, zero tolerance level around here. You know, insults, profanity, name calling. But we don't. That's my job. <laughs> we, oh, sorry. Did I get a little excited? That's there? okay, my friend. We don't. We don't have. Uh, we don't have the time, nor the the need for it. And that's the only thing will get you bounced around here. Opposing points of view will not get you bounced from this show. They won't. It's it's you guys. Enough of you know. To quote the great Jesse Pinkman, DBAA. (laughs) Let's see. Going back to a simpler time. Uh, Thank you, Matt. And uh, meat, uh, lab generated meat is real meat. Nothing artificial. All generated from real cells. Of real animals. I didn't know that. And, and, and Matt, you said you have no problem. Even today, chomping into some lab-generated meat. I'm still I'm still holding on 
to the past. I'm, an, I'm a dinosaur. I'm antiquated. <laughs> oh. Yes, REM's The End of the World, as we know, it was my theme song tonight. That doomsday clock thing really freaked me out today. <sighs> Lenny Bruce is not afraid. Absolutely right. And we talked about lab meat and so many, so many people. Soylent Green is people. There's a product called Soylent out there. That's like an artificial protein drink. Boy, and if you don't see the, the irony and the joke, and that, I mean, that's, that's not by accident. That's on purpose. That's smart marketing. That's no, if there's, because there's an audience for everything. And if your audience is weird people who want artificial food, that is the name. Soylent is the product name for you. Uh, we're speaking of the asteroid that uh, came close to Earth today. As Lisa just pointed out in the news, it came within 2,200 miles and was just spotted a couple days ago. But uh, scientists say it would have burned up in the atmosphere if it came close enough to do any damage. Because it was traveling, uh, you know, it was skating by our planet. Something with real damage is going to have to come hit us direct on, not just skate through the atmosphere. That's good to know. I'll sleep easier tonight. I'll put my head on my, my pillow tonight and sleep easier, knowing that the... Uh, Apocalypse is still ninety seconds away, and we, and I do believe in the. I have faith in the in humanity and the resourcefulness of humanity. You and our poor love for naive man. man. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'll sleep easy. You know, I, I've I've learned over the years not to worry about the things that really don't deserve worrying. You know, there's a very old Irish saying which I love. By the way, I love I love old Irish sayings. You know, my favorite old Irish saying is bartender. That's the number one Irish saying of all time. Um, if you can do something about a problem, there's no need to worry. If you can't do anything about a problem, there's no point in worrying. So why worry? Because it gives me something to post about on social media. <laughs> Obvious. Keyboard strong. Keyboard strong. Uh, folks, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um Hey, if we disagree, tune in tomorrow from 12 to 3. Jack Stein will put me in my place. He's good at it. He's a well-read, well-spoken man of conservative views and ideologies. I myself find myself on the other side of the fence on a lot of issues. And we have what I hope are spirited and I know are always civil discussions about various topics. You may figure, you may, you may like what you hear. I hope that you do. And if you can't make it tomorrow, we'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks for being a part of this. Matt, always a great job. Always a pleasure. We'll see you guys next time.